0: Uh, good afternoon everyone, uh, this is your captain speaking, we're just about ready for takeoff now, so, uh...
1: Shit, everybody move now, go, go, go! Inside, everybody inside! To the stairs, quickly, everyone head to the roof, the helicopter's waiting there, go, go! No, 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 you're lying! That, that's what demons do. They lie to cause men of God to doubt.
2: I'm not telling any lies now, Father. I can feel it in your soul that you know what I say
1: is true. There's so much blood everywhere. Where be the rest of them? I, I can't tell. What is doing this, Mr. Simon? That couldn't have been done by no man, I swear it. I don't know.
0: From the minds of true crime guys comes Sandu
1: Stories, our brand new channel devoted to our previously Patreon-exclusive content, where we'll be bringing you our own version of true crime what-ifs and other audio dramas, one season at a time.
0: Join us wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's get strange. I can feel your fear growing, and your faith dwindling. It's an intoxicating feeling. And welcome back to True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Michael and Andy. Oh God, I didn't see you sitting there. You have not <laughs> let me live. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even, I didn't even notice you were in studio today. You can't I'm keep <laughs>
1: pretending to ignore me. I will not, not be ignored. Not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not even pretending. Not here. even not pretending. Not even pretending. <laughs> 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 completely, completely tuned you out. Just completely tuned you out.
0: No, glad you're here, Andy. As always, thank you, sir. I think you're doing a uh, fabulous job, filling filling the uh, the huge shoes of Lorne. I think actually,
1: I'm filling your shoes. Yeah, you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's much easier.
1: Yeah, I'm so, filling your shoes, and by the way, yeah. they're too small. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's we have an abundance of Andy in the shoes that used to be mine. mine. So exactly. there we go. Uh, <laughs>
1: Your shoes, your small little feet, I'm cramming in here, (laughs) I'm
0: busting out the ends. That's right, he's literally, his toes are busting out the edge of my shoes right now on YouTube. If you guys want to uh, subscribe, you can watch every single True Crime Guys episode on YouTube. Did you know that, Andy? Unfortunately,
1: I'm not flexible enough to get my foot all the way up here to show them, so.
0: (laughs) You have to take his word for it. That's right, that's right. Maybe we'll we'll put up some pictures on social media or something.
1: That's the OnlyFans, too.
0: Yeah, maybe on TikTok, right? Because <laughs> we're on TikTok.
1: TTG Feet Picks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's OnlyFans. <laughs> That's OnlyFans. But you guys can, can follow us on TikTok and see some uh, exclusive content on there.
1: You can. And by that,
0: I mean Patreon-exclusive content mm-hmm. um, because we covered the Coors family last week.
1: Yes, we did.
0: Yes, and uh, my daughter Melody, who runs our TikTok account, has already started putting up clips from that episode that, uh, in my opinion, I thought were quite funny. Honestly. I hope you like it. Your German accent was was on point. On point? Yes, very nice.
1: Yes, I made some nice. more proud. Yeah,
0: <laughs> You certainly did, sir. So, yes, yeah, guys, go give us a follow on TikTok. It's underscore true crime guys underscore because somebody took true crime guys already and didn't do anything with it because, I don't know, because they're being a douche.
1: So um, I'm surprised we haven't gotten, like, an email one of these days Be like, oh, so I hear oh, you're on TikTok uh, <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> exactly. Probably will. <laughs> But also, guys, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, check out these stickers. These custom-made, custom-drawn stickers, also by my daughter, Melody. Uh, there's one here on uh, my water bottle here and also on Andy's laptop. But you can get these at truecrimeguys.com and click the link beside the picture of, you know, this sticker. It's it's pretty easy to do. Uh, it's 5 bucks, shipped to wherever you live. Mm-hmm. Wherever you live, guys. Also, uh, what else is going on in True Crime Guys Productions? Oh, I need to make an announcement this week. Um and actually I don't think I even talked with you Andy bef- about ears, this Michael. before the I'm show. I'm all ears. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's about Strange and Unexplained. Strange and Unexplained is going to go on a little hiatus, okay? Um just for a little while. We did a 3 year first season. Uh, literally April uh, 420, April of of 2020 is, is when we started. Mm-hmm. And we have not missed a week, a weekly release on the Strange and Unexplained platform. All the way up until now. And our last episode for this season, that's what we'll call it, I guess, uh, will be May 1st. And that will be our episode on Shanquella Robinson. It is a local case to me. It's a case that I'm very passionate about. It just happened in October. It's very current. And it is extremely um, mm, irritating, to say the least.
1: It's a little bit. And yep. I, guess, I guess you've earned a bit of a vacation from... <laughs> Sandu proper. Yeah.
0: Um and this might be a regular thing we do with sand do proper. Maybe we'll just take summers off. You know? Sandu is like school. You know, I'll school you all year long and then I'm gonna take the summers off.
1: Yeah, even teachers need a break.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, But you still have Sandu Stories every other Tuesday coming out on the free platforms. Uh, There will be 10 episode seasons for Sandu Stories. So once that 10th episode comes out, I'll probably put out another announcement episode, letting everybody know what's going on. Um, And then it will be, you know, a few months in between before we start season two of mm-hmm. Sandu's stories. Again, that's every other Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And guys, you can get access to every single thing we create, as always, at patreon.com slash guys. Speaking of Patreon, I want to thank Chelsea Richardson for a suggestion. This um, wasn't the third in a row, though, Again. Right? Not third in a row, right? Ag- I really got to start vetting these better. <laughs> like this, you need this, a fucking spreadsheet. This is an operator error, isn't it? You need to get a spreadsheet yeah. going in here somewhere. Dude, you know how to use Excel still?
1: I, 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 I do not excel uh, at that. God damn it. <laughs> So that was a dad joke. But, and I'm fine uh, with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're dads. That's you're gonna have that. But yes, thank you Chelsea for yet another suggestion. We are showing extreme favoritism uh, towards Chelsea and also Kendra, uh, who we did we did two cases back to back that were suggested by Kendra, both Colorado cases. Like I did said, did you know that too?
1: I didn't know that. So like I said, as long as they weren't third in the row, as long as we yeah. get that turkey. Then we're then we're not to put them on the payroll.
0: Right, right. And I think Chelsea uh, is Australian, if I'm not mistaken, and she has given us yet another Australian case. Yeah. You so know what? there we go. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Then thank you very much. Uh, but fair warning, guys. This that's about all the levity you're going to get from us uh, in regards to this case. This is a very dark case. Um, I want to give you a trigger warning against violence towards children. Um, this case is what I like to call levity challenged. Okay, it's very it's very difficult to find anything uh, to kind of chuckle about in this case. And uh, and also, I think it would be irresponsible and in, you know, in bad taste in Mm -hmm. a a lot of scenarios. So we are going to kind of go through this timeline. There will be a lot of discussion. But just be, you know, be fair warned. This is not the the bantering, lighthearted case that we sometimes bring you. This one. This one's dark.
1: Yeah, I have he's like no leader. lines in the actual script, so it's no. True.
0: Andy doesn't even get to talk. Actually, he's you know he's 100 percent on levity duty, and we don't need him for this episode. Uh, no, <laughs> you just I'm get just to kidding. watch my reactions. Just, <laughs> If they're on YouTube, exactly. Another you reason just... to be on YouTube, so you can see Andy like dancing and doing random shit while I'm trying to talk and concentrate.
1: Just gonna try to super uh, emote. Uh, my yeah, face. we <laughs> are always the super emoting, going. Andy.
0: Um, but guys, just to give you a little summary of this case, the Lynn family murders occurred in the Northwestern suburbs of Sydney, New South Wales, Australia on July, on July, on July 18th. Sorry. I, I'm I'm trying to add it and it's just not going to be good. Michael. Not, stop doing that. July 18th, 2009. Okay. This one has a conclusion though. It's not unsolved. Uh, someone was convicted of this crime and many believe without sufficient evidence. And there's a discussion to be had, which we absolutely will. Uh, interestingly enough, I believe it had—I believe it also had the longest trial for a single conviction case, Andy, in Australian history so far. I believe. Yeah, uh, at be least wrong. at the time uh, that this case occurred. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing gets me excited like courtroom talk. You know. Oh I mean? yeah, like I said, this I has mean, been
1: this has been rolling around in my head for yeah. about three weeks now I since mean, I couldn't <laughs> read a calendar. So.
0: <laughs> Speaking of court, uh, yeah, let's get into this, shall we? Absolutely, Michael. Let's yeah. adjourn this. All right. I'll see you guys on the other side. Do
2: you know anything about the murders of Min Lim and his family?
3: Anything else about? Yeah. No idea. Have you got any idea who may have been responsible for the murders? I hope not. Have you thought about who may have been responsible? Do you have any idea why someone would have done this to me and his family? No.
2: No idea. Where are you? Why did you leave? Now that you have gone, who am I going to share my secrets with? Who is going to fuss over me? Every single day, I miss you. I miss you so. Much.
0: This one is called The Lin Family Murders, so um, let's meet the Lins. I think that's a a great place to start. Let's just go chronologic, Um, because this whole case is interesting enough. So Min Lin and Yun Lin, she went by Lily, migrated to China from Australia. Migrated from China, I'm sorry, to Australia, but separately as students. And they eventually met in Sydney and fell in love. And they, like so many immigrants, hoped to make a better future for their children by doing whatever they had to to make their life better here in this new country. And they did pretty well for themselves. Uh, Though the Lens worked long hours, they grew their news agency business, which is basically like a newsstand magazine, I guess. Yeah, they basically uh, ran
1: like a local paper almost. Yes,
0: basically like a local paper. Uh, News agency business in North Epping. uh, And they. Made quite a success, honestly, with the business ranking raking in nearly a million dollars per year, dude. Mm. And um, they also had other commercial properties that worked as, like, passive income as well. Exactly, yeah. Like, they, they were very smart with their money. Um, and the Lens loved their home in Australia and, in turn, were well-loved by their community. To say the Lens were a tight-knit family would be an extreme understatement. In the Lynn household, there was also Lily's sister, Irene, who helped out with her nephews and niece. The eldest of which was 15 year old Brenda, followed by 12 year old Henry and 9 year old Terry. That's good spacing. That's yeah. good spacing for kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if three years apart, your kids are going to be close.
1: Yeah, I feel like you timed that really well. It's like three. We got we got three years. We got three years yeah. to get this first kid on track. And uh-huh. By that time, got to get the second one out. <laughs> right. We got exactly. a three year gap. And we got to get that third one out.
0: Right. And it's like they're not too close to where they're going to be like rivals in literally everything they do, but they're not so far that they can't relate.
1: Yeah, my my brother and I are five years apart, so we had like that. We had a little mm. bit of time we were young children. Yeah, then it's like teenagers. You get that separation you start drifting pretty quick, like yeah, fifteen cause like, and ten. Yeah, because yeah. then it's that's like real separation of ages, and then it's like that. Then once you become adults again, like then yeah. you be like, oh yeah, now we both pay taxes, so let's talk.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Brenda, Brenda and her brothers, Henry and Terry, they were super close. They did all kinds of things together. They would read the same books. They would discuss them. Um, they would have family game nights. And the family had a lot in common, really. And they shared and supported each other's interests. So it naturally made them that much closer.
1: I saw that was one of the things that Brenda talked about having like like sibling reading sessions where they, like they would all literally yeah. have the same book sitting together like on the couch or on like, a yeah. beanbag chair. And they would all read together and like have a space where they were going to stop and they like, have their own little book club afterwards. like Pretty we're much. Gonna, we're going to read until we get to chapter three, yep. stop, and then we're all going to analyze it. It was like they yes. had like sibling book club at like very young ages, which is fucking awesome.
0: That is a great thing to implement. Seriously. That is really
1: cool. I-, I love that idea. I was like, that sounds so cool.
0: Yeah, it really like, does. Family book club. It really does. And everyone benefits from that, too. It really does. And then you have something that you can draw from, references that everyone in the family understands, you know, jokes. It, it just builds on itself when families do things like that together. Um, speaking of doing things together, Minlin's sister, Kathy, and her husband, Robert uh, Robert and Kathy Z, was their last name, also fancied a move to Australia. They figured they'd come to start a new life as well. Like, why not, right? It was working out great for the Lens. So, They're going to start a new life as well. So they moved to Melbourne, Australia in 2002. You see, Robert was an ear, nose, and throat doctor back in China, but decided on a new career in Australia the restaurant business.
1: Yeah, because obviously that's not a—you can't transition that skill across language barriers. I mean, obviously, right? You can't transition medical knowledge across language. <laughs> obviously, I have to change right. careers completely.
0: Well, I think he wanted to open a Chinese restaurant. He thought that that would be the best thing to do. I'm um, just saying when it's like had...
1: when it's like when you need to start a, when you need to start a new life. It's like, well, why don't you go ahead and take the career that you're already like a doctor in, yeah. and like get some money put aside once you get there. Maybe
0: his. Degrees and certificates or whatever weren't recognized in the U.S. And so... Or maybe he just didn't want to do it anymore. Or, yeah, in Australia. He just didn't love it anymore. In Australia, yeah, Yeah. right. Maybe he just didn't love it anymore. Yeah. Or so we'll see. Right. But, yeah, so his restaurant business failed. Um, And he blamed it on the fact that he wanted to bring these three cooks from China, who he really liked, I guess. And they were unable to get passports and unable to come to Australia for whatever reason. And so... He said, that's why I failed. So, Obviously. In case didn't you have, wanted to
1: know. Didn't have the right, didn't have the right didn't talent. Didn't have the
0: right chefs. I mean, that makes a big difference. Absolutely. You're trying to be authentic. Also, I mean, maybe you should have a background in culinary
1: Yeah, arts. if you're going to try and open if a restaurant. You're going to open a restaurant,
0: Maybe. Just or at least say,
1: some experience in you know service industry or something. Right, right. Usually going from you know the medical field to I'm going to open a restaurant with no experience doesn't always work out very well. No, I've seen you a don't lot of bar so. rescue.
0: <laughs> I bet people in the restaurant business be like, yeah. Usually, even with restaurant experience, it doesn't turn out very well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bar rescue. with a lot of those guys. Yeah,
0: places. absolutely.
1: But three
0: for three years after this restaurant failed, uh, the couple, the Z's, they moved to Sydney to be closer to their family, Min Lin and Lily. Kathy would start working part-time in Menland's news agency business almost immediately. And, you know, that's probably the real reason for the move. Yeah, honestly, we'll give I mean, you a
1: job. We'll give you kind of a yeah, set you up. It's security. A, yeah, you know we'll what I mean? It's like,
0: well, you came here. You were a doctor. You were probably very successful in China. You know, you didn't have a problem with income or finances or whatnot. And then you come to Sydney and you try something completely different mm-hmm. and it fails. And now, you know, a little bit of air is knocked out of your balloon. You're like, maybe I do need a little bit of help. Maybe yeah. being near family would be a nice thing. You can't even blame them for this.
1: To an extent, plus yeah, you know, and English uh, is a second language of theirs. Yeah, I, I said, and plus the lens also like it's this is their brother-in-law. It's a this it's, it's his wife's sister. Of course, he's going to want to extend a helping. No, hand, it's actually
0: and, Minlin's sister.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's it's the husband. It's his brother. It's his brother-in-law, and he's the one yeah. who started the you know, the newspaper stand or whatever. Right. So it's like, it's his brother-in-law. It's his wife. It's his wife's sister. So it's like, of course they have a very close knit family. They're going to want to bring them in and try and help them as much as they can. So yeah, yeah, it all makes sense leading up to all this stuff.
0: Right. Right. Hey creepers, we got to take a tiny little break, but it's for a really good reason. Okay. It's to tell you guys about another podcast that we absolutely love. A podcast cut from the same cloth, or what have you but it's killer queens okay guys if you haven't heard of killer queens they're an amazing podcast it's very similar format to what we do here at true crime guys Tyrella and Tori, they dissect all types of crimes serial killers one-off strange cases just like we do here in true crime guys all the witty banter 90s references southern sass and so much more guys killer queens they're one of the best in the biz you don't believe me check
4: out their promo hey y'all i'm terella and i'm tori and we are sisters and host of killer queens a true crime podcast now we could tell you about our show but in the words of lavar burton don't take our word for it here is an actual listener's description of the show okay she says think Cher horowitz meets dolly parton create a love child then that person meets bill curtis our one and only and two random girls are the product of that That's Torella and Tori, sisters and hosts. Smart, weird, pretty, blonde, hilarious, Southern, and just really okay with being themselves, even when it is weird. Oh, and it's weird. It's real weird. It made me realize they became their role models without even meaning to. Oh. Oh my gosh. We are so hashtag blessed to be mentioned in the top true crime podcast list on Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, and Women's Health Magazine for 2021 as well. The Women's Health Magazine review concludes with, Each episode contains a healthy dose of comedy and 90s references. What more could you ask for? New episodes release every Monday beginning in 2022 and are available on your favorite podcast app right now. Be sure to search for and subscribe to Killer Queen's A True Crime Podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. But no pressure. We're not your real mom and we never will be. Bye. Bye.
0: But now the Z's lived within walking distance of the Lin's house, and everything seemed to be going just peachy. Well, until the morning of July 18th, 2009. It was one of the busiest days for Min Lin's news agency, and the place was closed without any notice or explanation, which was rather unusual for a daily operated news agency. Minlin's customers were close to him, describing him as a daily fixture in their routine. And even though English was not Min Lin's first language, he was friendly with his customers. And it was one of these cu- close customers that knew something was seriously wrong. So they called, Min, uh, they called Min Lin's sister, Kathy, who now works at the newsstand with him, as we mentioned, to get the scoop on what's going on. Now, she too found it odd that her brother was missing work. Uh, was one of the kids sick? She's, she, you know, she speculated possibly Min himself was sick, but... Her questions were answered in brutal fashion when she and her husband arrived at the Lynn's home and realized that the front door was left unlocked. They pushed the door open and stepped inside. I mean, you know, calling out to the family, calling out everyone's name, not getting any response. So they start to head up the stairs. And in the master bedroom, they could tell that someone was lying in bed. And upon further inspection, they realized that they had been bludgeoned very badly with blood splatter covering the ceiling, wall, floor, and furniture. And even though the bloodied face was hard to decipher, Kathy knew that it was her sister-in-law, Lily.
1: And again, they did, They like I said, like the, the customers start showing up in the morning. There's no sign on the door. There's no notice Mm-mm. that says we should be closed. And immediately, this is such a, like, he's built such a relationship. They call out, like, they call his sister, or his wife's sister, she starts calling the family. No one's answering. Right. Um, they, like, so they've called the husband or they've called Min Lin. They've called his wife. They've called the house. No one's answering. Um, and so, they, like I said, Michael, they've they, been walking distance. So, yeah, what are they going to do? They're just going to walk on over there. Absolutely. I'm, all this is making sense so far. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So after checking uh, Min and Lily's room, they then checked Irene's room. And noticing the blood on the doorknob, they opened the room to find her bludgeon beyond recognition as well, and as for young Terry and young Henry, both twelve and nine, they too suffered the same fate. But where was Min? Scared to death and nearly having a panic attack, Kathy dials zero zero zero, which is Australia's emergency service.
5: Hello, I need ambulance A Boundary What's up north? Up? What's up? North. Epi Epi north. 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 Just let me find it here. What corner streets closest? Uh, um, close. uh um, back street. Close to? Um, Epping North uh, pa- uh, Oval Park. So 55A Boundary Road, Epping North, and it's a house. Yeah. yeah. What's the problem? Yeah. The What's, house, wrong? yeah. What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm not sure. Someone I think um, <laughs> I think... I'm not sure if it's You need, need to tell me why you need an ambulance. What's wrong? Yeah, I think someone's dying. I'm not sure. Why do you just... think someone's dying? I don't know. But you need to tell me something. You're asking for an ambulance, but why? Yeah, I also need a place, please. Yeah, why? What's wrong? Because, because I think, think someone would die. Yeah, you need to say why. What have you seen or heard <laughs> that makes you think someone is going to die? Well, I don't know.
4: What is I wrong? Don't,
5: don't scream, just answer my question, what's wrong? Can I talk to someone else? Is there anyone someone else there? No, I uh, Who's in the background talking? me, i the sorry. i I've got a the way, that you need to tell me what's wrong. Yeah, I need to. because I'm someone's... To be killed. I'm Is not someone bleeding? Sure. Is someone unconscious? I think they may die. Why? Why? I'm not sure that maybe someone killed, killed my, my, um, my brother's family. No! Oh. No! <laughs> The oh, on the oh, me?
0: yeah so it's pretty pretty difficult to listen to and it's pretty difficult to decipher uh what's going on there was a couple times she said uh someone's killed my brother's family and at the end she was actually speaking Cant cantonese um to to robert and basically what she was pleading with him was she was like don't leave me here i'm i'm more afraid than you are don't leave me here yeah that's what that's basic that's the basic gist of it from what i can tell um and it's been because it's been translated by multiple people at this point but
1: Yeah, yeah. the audio quality is, it's not perfect audio quality, but you also have to remember this is not, this is not her first language. She is having a a devastatingly traumatic experience of seeing that she is in shock and trying to translate all of this in her head first. Exactly. To explain to the, the, like the 911 worker. Like that's, it's hard to do that. So.
0: It's harder than it sounds. Yeah, it's it's not an easy
1: thing to translate all that in your head first. Right. Right. And yell it out. And if
0: you're wondering why Robert was leaving her there in the first place, is that he was convinced that he needed to go get Menlin's parents, which is also his wife's parents. Um, So his his in-laws, pretty much. He wanted to go and pick them up and bring them here, Uh, I guess, to see what had happened. That was his excuse. Um, He wanted to get out of the house, though, that's for sure. Um, but he was going to leave his wife, Kathy, there on the phone waiting for authorities. And she was basically telling him, no, you're not. <laughs> no, the fuck why not. would you? Why are you leaving? <laughs> you are not leaving. So uh, the first immediate suspect was Min Lin. Um, because like I said, he has not been spotted. He was the only one missing. And the theory was that maybe he had beaten his family to death and fled. Um, but it was Kathy who pointed out the possibility that Min Lin might be under a duna which is Australian for quilt. In case you didn't know that, Andy. Duna. I did not know that either. I was like, a duna? What is a duna? But yes, it's it's just a quilt. And uh, he was. He was under that duna. He had been beaten so badly that he was unrecognizable, just like everyone else in his family. The only surviving member of the Lynn family was Brenda, the 15-year-old daughter who was away from school or was away for a school activity, a field trip of some sort where she would stay over um and she actually found out about this massacre through friends
1: on Facebook. Mhm. She was yeah, saying she that was, she was getting a bunch of people texting her like is this this is your house I'm seeing it on on Facebook. Yeah, I'm they were saying like, like are you okay? Are you there? You yeah. Know,
0: all kinds of things. She was flooded with messages from her friends. Um and in the beginning, she thought it was like a sick cruel joke or something that they were playing on her. Man, she got terrible friends if if that's really what they
1: yeah, that well, I mean, But again, you want to think shock. that,
0: though. It's You're rationalizing of, yeah. that, right? You're rationalizing that. Um, but when she was put on the next airplane home, though, and arrived to see her Aunt Kathy in tears, the reality of what had just happened fully sunk in. Now, early on in the investigation, right off the bat, some obvious things stood out about the crime scene. Okay, number one, this wasn't a robbery. Nothing was missing from the Lynn home. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the violence was extensive, and as the autopsy will confirm, entirely unnecessary to end a life. It was just above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Now, the media, (laughs) this seems so silly to me, but this was the first thing that came out about this case. Imagine, imagine, I mean, they are the media, right? They are the media. Um, you know, we're, we're guilty as well, but the media brought up the possibility of a murder suicide, but it was quickly ruled out when the autopsy determined that none of the wounds were self-inflicted and you know, everyone was beaten to death. I mean, how could someone, okay, let's say men, Lin, for example, uh, beat his whole family to death and then what beat himself to death and then wrap himself in or uh,
1: hide himself under a quilt.
0: Right. Yeah. And beat his own face until he's unrecognized. Yeah, I don't think so. Also, yeah. where's the weapon? Where's the the bludgeoning object? We still, to this day, don't know what was used to beat them. Mm-hmm. We do not know. So, But we do have some information. Based on one set of bloody shoe prints, the investigators theorized that there was only one murderer, which is crazy in itself to think five people were attacked, right? A family of four, and then also uh Lily's sister, Irene, mm-hmm. was in the house as well. Five people, three adults, were attacked and all killed by one person? That seems crazy. Like, at first, I was like, there's just no way. There had to have been other people in here. But, like I said, there was only one set of footprints that walked through the blood unless they all rocked the same pair of shoes. Which, hey, that's not anything crazy. Uh, what's that, uh, the cult, Heaven's Gate? They all wore the same shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's
1: a big deal, big deal for Nike that year. Right. Or whatever it was.
0: So so they did. They had theorized that there was only one murderer who must have first suffocated and beat Min Lin and Lily with some type of hammer-like weapon, uh, possibly with a string attached. I really don't know where they get that. But I don't know if he's swinging a freaking the way of it string. was.
1: It was more or less like described. What I saw was like it was like a hammer with like a rope or something wrapped around the head of it mm-hmm. to kind of like dull the blow or something like that to like so he wouldn't ins-
0: break the skin.
1: Yeah, instead of just like so the hammer wouldn't just sink in or something like that. It would just like knock them unconscious. Yeah. So I guess that's what they were kind of saying was like a hammer wrapped in rope or something or well, like twine or something right. like that. Well, let me th- let me
0: just give you an example of how bad this was. Uh, initially, before they came to the conclusion they'd been bludgeoned, they thought that they all took like Point blank shotgun blasts. Mm-hmm. That was the first theory, that someone came in with a shotgun, but of course no shots were heard. Nope. Nothing was heard. But Min and Lily, they had the worst injuries by far. And then... Uh, but the boys may have had the worst experience because based on blood splatter patterns, investigators could tell that at least one of the boys was awake and tried to fight off the murderer. Mm. That's terrifying. You know, they had to. I mean, you think, how could everyone in that house just sleep through as as one of their family members is getting beaten? Well, they didn't. They didn't just sleep through it. Mm-hmm. For one, Menlins, Men and men Lily's room is probably far away from Irene's. Right, being being adults, their rooms are probably far away, and then the kids' rooms are pr- maybe somewhere in the middle, close yeah. to Menlins. I know this is probably a large home. They were wealthy. They, like I said, their businesses brought in well over a million dollars a year, um, so I'm sure they had a very nice home. With space in between the rooms. And who knows, a lot of people sleep with fans and radios mm-hmm. on, TVs. This is Australia. Know, white it's, it noise is machines hot. And, and all kinds of stuff, right? So maybe they didn't hear. But one of these boys had to have. Mm-hmm. He had to have. Um, one of them got up. Um, they also put the murder at the time between somewhere between 2 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. Um, because at that time, the electricity to the house was cut off.
1: And you also have to remember that, like Min Lin, the fuse box. And that Min Lin would normally go to be at his newsstand. He would be getting up around this time to yeah. go be at the newsstand, usually by around 5.30, 6 o'clock. Like, right. you know, what's the, the Baker's shift kind of deal that they yeah, talk yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, It's exactly. like that's when newsstands start getting their stuff together. And, yeah, it's kind of the same deal.
0: Absolutely. So, obviously, though, since, this, since the power happened to be cut off to the house at the precise time that the murder happened, the the murderer had knowledge of the layout of the house and also the location of the circuit and fuse box. Mm -hmm. I mean, most... And also, there was no sign of forced entry, which we covered earlier. The door was unlocked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The murderer also appeared to have a key to the house, like I said, and seemingly knew Brenda's schedule as well. For her, doorknob was the only one left untouched. I mean, not even touched, not even opened. Mm -hmm. There wasn't even a smear of blood
1: near her bedroom door. It was almost as if the murderer already knew that Brenda wouldn't be home that night, Andy. Yep, there was no footprints over near her side of the, or her bedroom. There was nothing right. in the house stolen. Nothing had gone through her room, so.
0: Nope. It's just like, why open that door, right? Mm-hmm. I mean.
1: No one's in there.
0: Why not? If you're a psychopath just wanting to kill a random family, there might be another victim in there. Yeah, right? why would I mean? you not I mean, go in there? Why would you not go in there? That's, man, that's damning. Uh, two months before the murder, Min Lin witnessed a car robbery. Okay, this is a possible theory. It happened just across the street from his newsstand, and police thought that maybe he was being targeted for that. But after considering all the info the killer had to have on the family, it had to be, they knew it had to be someone close to him.
1: Yeah, somebody at least they knew, or somebody who would have have at least enough repertoire with the family to be let inside.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that limited it down to a very, very small pool. And... One person stuck out in this pool above all, and the police turned their sights on Robert. Robert Z. So, Robert is called in for questioning, okay? This is where he recounts the events of how he and Kathy found the lens on that day that they were murdered. He chooses to speak in his native language of Cantonese instead of English because he feels more comfortable and doesn't want to say something...
1: Doesn't want to mistran- or mistranslate or Doesn't himself. want to mistranslat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But he does have a translator and we have that audio file for you. Go ahead, Andy. Holmes. Red. Red, um, on
2: everywhere. I I think I saw my sister in law first.
3: Potato uh, I saw her, I I I hold Kathy
2: and I not don't, don't
3: look at it.
2: I believe Kathy had already seen.
3: 然后在, 在床的靠这边呢, 應該是一段, 我猜, 我, um
2: and I saw that um the best side uh which is close to the door. I saw this side, I saw a a a, a staff, um a work staff, I think it was her brother.
3: I uh
6: always
3: think that her brother was in as well because I saw her, her car. Saw car uh, I saw his
2: van. And, and, and Kathy saw his watch. But I still think it's very,
3: very,
2: very,
3: very, and
2: I but I just feel it was so red and um, messy
3: everywhere. i to And
2: so we went out from the room. I went
3: out with Kathy. We ran,
2: we ran to
3: the other room. I saw um,
2: the Terry's room I indicated before used to be Terry's room. The door was closed.
3: We you talked of
2: that one? Yes, name.
3: Irene. Yeah. Hey, Guanzi. The doors closed. Ding
2: um, pushed um Cathy push open the
3: door. I we saw Irene on the bed. Mm.
2: Also, a lot of blood around very red.
3: I... I to touch clay. I tried to touch her. I
2: I went closer. I tried to touch her.
3: Because
2: I wanted to know whether she was still alive.
3: Because uh,
2: when I saw her, she was not just lying down on the bed flat.
3: 所以我想試一試,
2: so I want
3: to try.
2: But um, Cathy
3: uh, hold me back.
2: So I think I did not touch, actually
3: touch touch her.
2: Then we came out again.
3: So we
2: we reached the last
3: bedroom. Uh, That's
2: Henry's bedroom, I indicated on the map.
3: The, the,
2: the door was half-closed.
3: Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. we
2: We entered the room.
3: We oh, We can see uh,
2: both children uh, were lying on the floor.
3: 也都是觉得很多血, 觉得很,
2: mm, also feel very red. And- Club
3: all around, messy. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: I, again, I want to touch them um, because they are just little kids. Um, I really want to know whether they are still alive or not
3: okay I
2: remember i tried to reach them by my right
3: hand
2: okay can remember
3: in her in me back and she, Kate, 然后叫,
2: Kate, 啊, 很害怕,
3: 这样下大声叫,
2: she, Let's go, let's go. She was so
0: frightening.
2: I, I was afraid as well
0: So yeah, it, during the entire interrogation, Robert is pretty much like that. He's pretty chill um, like you heard he's and until he starts talking about the boys and he does kind of start to tear up there um, a little bit, you yeah. know, and he talks about how he wanted to reach out and touch them, but he knew he couldn't because he wanted to see if they were still alive. Um, yeah, like right here, you have to feel for him. It's like he could be. Some people might say, "Well, he was acting suspicious from the first interrogation," and I'm like, I, "I don't really see that in the first interrogation. He seems like someone who's in shock and is still processing what he saw, what he's going through at this time, and he's relaying the information as calmly and as clearly as he can."
1: Yeah, when you um, watch the video of it, though, you can see he, like Michael said, he doesn't. Ha- he does not show much. Outward emotion. He's, no. he's his hands are kind of in his lap most of the time. He's his head's pretty much downed. He's just it, it's very much like he is just reliving it in his head. Like it's yeah. He's not you know being animate. He's not explaining or trying to do. He's he's just very somber the whole time. So
0: right, right. And him and Kathy, uh, they kind of had to pick themselves up, uh, right? Because young Brenda had nowhere else to go at this time, so they had to take her in. Um, And they tried their best to fill their parents' shoes. They took her to school, and they made her lunches. Brenda even said herself that Robert and Kathy were the next best thing to her her irreplaceable parents. And maybe Robert and Kathy just wanted to help out. Or maybe there's a more sinister motive behind this. Mm -hmm. You see, Brenda was the sole survivor of her family, so she was passed down everything. Including her family's estate and fortune. But she was just 15 years old, right? So a power of attorney was given to her legal guardian, who happens to be Robert Z. Mm-hmm. And with that, Robert went to work and evicted Brenda's grandparents, who lived in a house that was originally purchased by Min Lin. And Men Lin's news agency was also taken over by Robert and Kathy. Now, you may wonder, why did he evict the grandparents, right? Because those grandparents are also his in-laws. That's his wife's parents as well. And some people speculate that he did this in order to limit Brenda's options on places to live because he wanted Brenda to live with them. Mm-hmm. And more on that, more on that soon.
1: And he did take, he did take over the news, the newspaper agency. Uh, he did take over that pretty quickly. Like that was, that was back up and running within a matter of days. Like right.
0: that was, and to be fair, though, when he did open it and everything was operating, it was almost like the whole place was almost like in in memorial of the lens. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like everything you've seen, men Lens face everywhere. They were, their lives were being celebrated through the news agency at this point when Robert and Kathy took over. But still, even with all these, you know, with him looking looking innocent, you know, acting the part or whatever he was doing at this time, Robert, and, you know, possibly even Kathy. One of the craziest things is he's still a suspect. Not only is he a suspect, he is the number one suspect Mm -hmm. at this time. And they still, authorities, uh, being they, still allow Brenda to stay in the same house as Robert. I mean, he's the main murder suspect. Like, I just don't get it. They claim to have determined that Brenda was not in harm's way. But... It's like she's not in harm's way, but you still believe he's a murderer, right?
1: It seems like it to me because like he's he's your only number. He's your only suspect. He seems like he's the only one who has actually gained anything from this. There, there right. was like I said, there was no murder. Like you said, there was nothing stolen. There was no yeah. like obvious motive behind all this and he's the only one who seems like he has like like financially gained anything like yeah he gained a lot i mean you gotta statusly or like he just
0: came off a failing restaurant business and probably be with his wife kathy working for the newsstand or the news agency she was supporting them probably at this time and so Mm -hmm. he gained everything
1: yeah pretty much
0: i mean he gained everything um but Uh, even more credence to the fact that the authorities still thought that he could possibly be a murderer is because at this time they decide to place hidden cameras all over Robert's home. And they get some interesting footage, to say the least. This is this this kind of stuff. I'm always interested. I couldn't find exactly how they got these cameras in there, but I'm always interested at that, right? Yeah,
1: because it does seem like a bit like, uh, don't you need like a warrant to do this? And it's like if you think if you really think he is a dangerous murderer, right? But you're gonna let the surviving member of the family live with him. It's like, it's some weird logic, I guess, they put themselves through. But yeah, it's it's a weird little loophole, I guess, they found.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But either way, they got some cameras in his house, okay? And on May 7th, 2010, Robert was recorded on one of these cameras cutting and flushing a shoebox down the toilet. And Kathy, his wife, is sitting right next to him, watching. Neither one of them are talking. Um, and just... The action of cutting a shoebox piece by piece and flushing it down the toilet was odd enough, right? I mean, this is so, like, you don't own a lighter?
1: Those are, those are made of cardboard, right? Like, this yeah, isn't, like, like some yeah. special, like, case. Like, That's it's, what I'm getting, it's, it's cardboard, like, right? Light it on fire, dude. Yeah, just if put it in the, to, put what, in the oven. I don't what, know what to do. What are we doing right now?
0: Now, but <laughs> you know, his method was a little whack, um, but his reasoning was not. Because the shoebox happened to match the shoe prints left in the Lynn's home. And the Zs, Kathy and Robert, knew about these shoe prints that were left because one of the detectives had actually questioned Kathy about Robert's shoes and what kind of shoes he wore. What size what size foot did her
1: husband have? Like what's yeah. the And also size? what style
0: did he own ASICs? Uh, which he did, because they were not common shoes, okay? The shoe prints matched the discontinued model ASIC's Gel Elevation 2. Remember those, Andy?
1: Uh, no. No,
0: no, I do not. <laughs> not a big uh, sneakerhead <laughs> over here. No. Um, but Robert was also photographed wearing these ASIC Gel Elevation 2s on several occasions. Also, Robert's shoe size was nine and a half. Which matched the estimated
1: shoe size of the murderer, which was between eight and a half and ten and a half, right smack dab in the middle. That's a pretty big get, yeah. It's like the the foot could be anywhere between this big and this this big. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's I know, smudge. It's because of the
0: smudge. Like yeah. when you, you know when you push and then your foot slides a little. Oh yeah, and it's kind of hard thing. to tell. It's like, well, how wide is this footprint?
1: Um, but yeah, it's one of those kind of, kind of like it's one of those things about the evidence thing. It's like kind of circumstantial. It's like well, it's between the the range of numbers, Again, and
0: it's all circumstantial, really. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it. Um, but this was enough to get them a search warrant for Robert's home, and investigators began their search with the garage, which he had said he was cleaning on the morning of the murder, even though Robert was known to sleep in. Um, but the police found beneath a dresser. Um, They found a stain which they eventually labeled as stain 91. Now it had a very complex DNA mixture that just happened to match four out of the five victims DNA four out of the five victims. This is in Roberts home underneath a dresser.
1: Mm. I mean, that's not exactly not incriminating
0: and but, it's like how was the dresser over it
1: why was the dresser over it exactly, exactly. how did all this get here I don't know stain 91 yep. does sound like a 90s alt rock band it really does like stain that's
0: 91 bro that's when they were really good or it. like a
1: or like a uh, yeah. local
0: radio station yeah I have seen stain in 91 stay yeah <laughs> or like uh, or like
1: a local alt station like this is stain 91
0: yeah exactly what's up creepers uh while we're goofing off anyway in this part of the story let's spend this time doing something productive right like sharing another podcast with you guys that we really enjoy. And that podcast is Cryptic Soup. Thena and Kylie over at Cryptic Soup, they actually helped us out recently uh, with a Sandu Stories episode. Sandu Stories episode 26 features both of them, and we were super happy to have them help us out. And something tells me you'll be hearing their voices on more TCG products in the future. So, guys, here's their promo. Take it away, ladies.
6: Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one hearing us right now. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'm Thina. And I'm Kylie. We wanted to say hey and tell you about our podcast. It's a podcast we both host where we talk crimes, cryptids, murders, and a lot of wild stuff in between. You can find Mothman, Jeffrey Dahmer, SeaWorld, Spectrophilia, Casey Anthony, or even Skinwalker Ranch to be just a few of the crazy topics we cover. We even do some fun urban legends to make you feel like a kid at the campfire again. We're just two best friends hanging out, diving into all the things that your coworkers think you're a weirdo for wanting to talk about. We have a new episode every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're always open for case suggestions. Our Instagram is at Cryptic Suit Pod, where our DMs are always open, so slide on in. We always want to hear your opinions about any cases and episodes we cover. You can find our episodes on Spotify. Apple Podcast and most podcasting platforms. A Cryptic Soup Pod, the menu is always overflowing with crazy topics you'll want to hear about. So join the conversation today, and come hang out with us. Stay tuned.
0: Um, but this stain 91 also matched another stain, uh, which happened to be on one of the victim's mattresses. Oh. So, yeah, pretty yeah. damning. Uh, Brenda, though, initially believed that her Uncle Robert was wrongly accused. And other people in Brenda's life, they weren't so sure. Brenda's principal, for one, who apparently is an amazing principal. She was featured in one of the documentaries that we watched. Uh, there's a link below the description in this episode. But she was super involved in her students' lives and really was there for Brenda after this. Um, yeah,
1: they actually what, like, pe- apparently have like a good education system down there. It's weird.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but the principal, you know, worried about Brenda, decided she reached out to her and was like, let me have lunch. I'd like to have lunch with you and your aunt and uncle. Uh, but it ended up just being Brenda and her uncle, Robert. Um, and the principal stated that she was alarmed over Robert's behavior with Brenda. She says that he was physically too close and seemed to be pushing his opinions onto Brenda. And the principal
1: later stated that she felt like she just had lunch with a murderer. I, oh God. that is a bold statement that's a pretty yeah that's a pretty confident statement to have too i heard i heard her also saying that not only was he like pushing kind of like kind of too close to her but he was also like screaming at her at one point like not at the table but mm. like away before they if they walked away after they left or before they were coming up like she saw him like getting in her face and screaming at brenda yeah and she was like that's mm, that's a bit worrisome but. yeah
0: Absolutely, especially at this point in her life, and like you're not her father, you're, you're not even a grandfather. Like,
1: yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't know. And you it got and you adopted weird, her when she's already 15 years old.
0: Yeah, like she's almost I mean, an adult already. They have been living near each other for like the last seven years. So. Oh
1: yeah, she's she's been with these people her almost her entire life already. But well, half of it. Yeah. yeah, it's like either way, you ad- you adopted her when she's already almost legally an adult. Like she right. is 15 years old. She is going. You know, like, she was already on like a overnight cross-country high school trip, it's a pretty big deal already, so...
0: Yeah, exactly. But with all this, uh, you know, seeming evidence, I'm using quotes here, against Robert, uh, it took two years before investigators finally arrested him for the first time. This was a lengthy process. Um, but while in prison, they were actually able to get an inmate to snitch on Robert. The inmate was known as Witness A, and he said that Robert admitted to purchasing a hammer from a $2 store... And not a $2 store, but a $2 store, right? Yeah. Not like a dollar store. It's going up. Inflation. Man, <laughs> Inflation's a bitch, man. Inflation is a bitch. Even the Dollar Tree is $1.25. It's crazy.
1: A dollar-dollar store.
0: But this $2 store uh, had no surveillance camera, and Robert was aware of that, apparently. And mm-hmm. he made that clear to the inmate. And then he says that he was e- able to easily subdue his victims by using martial arts, where then he allegedly demonstrated the pressure points on the neck to this uh, witness A, and he claims to have sedated his wife Kathy so that he could sneak out of the house that night, and her not be an accessory.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, I, I, this man doesn't look like Bruce Lee to me. It doesn't seem like. It he's... doesn't,
0: but that does match what happened. The evidence does lead, does support that story, as crazy as it is, and it's probably exaggerated as well. You know, as one would pro- most likely do in prison. You're trying yeah. to talk big. You know what I mean? You're trying to take. You're trying to talk a big game. You don't mm-hmm. want to be a bitch. But we also have to mention that this witness A did get a substantial reduction in jail time for this. And like I said, and bragging about martial arts, it's like pressure points. It just sounds like something you would do in prison, yeah. honestly. But I don't know. But why do it though? You're 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 claiming your innocence to everyone. Or maybe this this witness A made this shit up too. Because I mean, it doesn't take a brainiac to make this shit up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? It's it's. I don't it's know. It seems a like a two dollars
0: store with no surveillance camera. It you know seems I mean? very
1: dumb. Like anybody ever, whenever there's like an I inmate snitching on somebody else, it's like if you're not if you're in prison, it's like why would you talk to anybody? Why would you confess to anybody? Especially if you are maintaining your innocence. Yeah, or it's like even if yeah, it's like if you have a possibility of anything, why would you confess to anybody in prison? Like it doesn't matter. Like you don't think there's microphones everywhere? It's just like a weird right. thing to like. I'm gonna listen. I know there's. I know we just met, cell buddy, but yeah. I think I can trust you. You never can. You never can. (laughs) You never can. You
0: absolutely never can. Don't do it, peeps. But uh, the next year, 2012, Robert was to stand trial for the mass murder of the Lynn family. Kathy stood firmly next to her husband, always believing he was innocent. And like I said, Robert always claimed that he was innocent as well. Um, In his first trial in 2013, this is four years after the murder happened, Robert pleaded, you guessed it, not guilty. But some other demons of robbers decided to rear their ugly heads. Like when Brenda revealed that she suffered sexual assault from her uncle before the murder, becoming more frequent after the murder. You know, while she was living with him? Well, that became oddly convenient for him, didn't it? It did. It did. And because of this new information, the trial was declared a mistrial. I don't know if maybe they brought up stuff that wasn't that the defense wasn't prepared for or what? You know I think what it saying? becomes,
1: it becomes no longer It's, it now adds another form of a t- like yeah. trial to it. So now you're charging him for two different things. You're yeah. adding a sexual assault charge and a murder charge, but right. two different people. So it's, yeah, they had to like kind of mistrial it and then bring them all together to do another one.
0: Right. And then three months later, they did have another one. The second trial began this time. The prosecution laid out Robert's motive, including the sexual interest in his niece, uh, Brenda, uh, also, the success of Min Lin in comparison to himself and Kathy's parents' favoritism for Min Lin over him. Man, it seems so petty, doesn't it? But lucky for Robert, I guess, uh, the judge fell ill and the trial was postponed to February 2015, with a new judge taking over by that point.
1: That has got to be a bitch in the legal system it's, sometimes it's so, to be like, it's you so know
0: aggravating, what? dude.
1: Sorry, I know we were like right there before they read the verdict, but yeah uh, judge got the flu. So. Uh, yeah.
0: So uh, after nine months, the new panel of the jury was still not able to come to a verdict. And by then, Robert had spent five years in jail. He was released on bail with strict restrictions and set to a retrial in 2016. This is just it's dragging out ridiculous. So after almost eight years, in February of 2017, Robert Z was found guilty, finally, on five counts of murder. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Um, And like I said, still to this day, Robert still maintains his innocence. Now, in the interview with Seven News, Brenda recalled her last memory of her father. It was the day Min Lin drove Brenda to the airport at 4 a.m. for her school field trip. And as they stood there at the airport, her classmates were crying and hugging their parents. And Brenda said her goodbyes and left without the dramatic farewells because... You know, like some people say, like, when you truly love somebody, you don't have to say it all the time. Yeah. You know, and I think she felt that with her father. She also kind of... she also knew it was only going to be a short time.
1: Yeah. it's like She She had a really good relationship with him. And she also kind of states that she was like, you know, I'm 15. It's like I, I wanted to look cool. I didn't want to look like I was, you know, crying like some of the other girls. So exactly. we kind of we just you kind know, of, you know, love yeah. you, kind of... Hmm. You know, head nod kind of right, deal. Right, right. Trying to look cool and not wanting to be all sappy in front of her friends, which is like, that's a very teenage thing. And she openly says that she's like, I, I just, I, I was a teenager. I wanted to yeah. look cool. And
0: I actually have a quote from her here. She says, To this day, my biggest regret was not hugging my father and telling him I loved him. To say thank you for being an amazingly loving and caring parent. And you know that's how we'll end this. Um, like I said, there is links to the documentary that we watched, and there is there's a lot of you get to you get to hear from Brenda years after, which yeah. is fair. And and you can tell though, even even all these years after when they did this documentary, she still didn't quite have everything processed. There were certain things that she didn't want to talk about, the sexual assault mainly, um, and the reporter was kind of kind of pushy, kind of pressuring her in a lot of ways that. You could tell it's still somewhat fresh in her mind. She's still dealing with this. What would you, she might be twenty. She's in, in her twenties uh, now. Yeah. I mean, by the documentary though, I know she is now. Oh, but I'm yeah. saying at the time of the documentary, do you think she was? Yes, she I think made. she'd
1: already graduated. Um, so I believe she was probably about 20, 21 years old at that yeah, point. But I was yeah, thinking she'd already so graduated as well. high
0: school. So still very young. I mean, she just went through this traumatic thing just six years ago. You know, even if she was twenty-one. And losing your entire family—that's—I don't think that's a wound. That's not a wound that ever heals. You know, it's no, really not. Especially like that when and,
1: you 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 leave them and everything is supposed to be okay, and then you, you, someone you know and a member of your own family who yeah, you someone, trust yeah. and who you've well, grown up with. Yeah, I guess trusted. Well, yeah, or or at least her family trusted. Like right. Maybe she may have not. She did have a lot of, you know issues with her uncle and there was you know lots of claims of this and that and like i said she didn't really want to discuss a lot of those things and she probably shouldn't want to like it's her decision not to do that and i'm glad the reporter kind of stopped pushing her eventually but yeah yeah that's one of the reasons they had to declare a mistrial because like even like her principal said like everything just did not seem okay once robert kind of got in control once he was the you know, the man of the house. Now he just had
0: so much to gain. He
1: didn't? did. He had. He. He seemed like you know the the in laws were already more proud of him the the you know, Lin than they were of him. Right. Uh, one thing that I also um, I, I I failed to mention because I didn't I didn't know if me you had talked about it before because we'd always talked we talked earlier about him being an ear nose and throat doctor. Right. Back um, in China. In China, that was one thing they also kind of dug up during the investigation. I don't know if you if you remember them talking about this, but. Um, when they kind of looked into his Chinese past, they could not find any like actual record of him being a doctor in China. There was no record of him being an ear, nose and throat doctor, of him going oh. to medical school. Awkward. So it was kind of this whole thing like, so you came over here, but you're a doctor, yeah. but you're going to open a restaurant? But that also failed. Yeah. So it's like, okay, maybe you're not as honest as you th- like. it's from right off the bat when they're like, maybe he's not as honest as they think he is. Like
0: Yeah. But yeah, Well, well was... he probably thought, you know, going to going to Australia and making food that's from my country for them, how easy could that be? You know, it's Yeah, like, they're it's, not gonna know it's anybody my native cuisine. Like how hard could it be?
1: Well, yeah, but you're not the first immigrant to do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to tell you that, but uh you're not even the first one on this block right? to do
0: that. Let me know. T- no, absolutely not. So, so what do you think, man? Do you think they got the right guy? I, or, I genuinely and if do. You, if you, okay, I was gonna say, and if you don't, then please show me no, another I, suspect. I genuinely, I, mean,
1: I, I, don't think there's any other suspect in this because I don't think there is either. Like even afterwards, because of Brenda having her interview and her kind of like remembering all these things and going to a lawyer and the lawyer having to you know explain all these kind of different ins and outs to her and being like, are, are you sure that you're okay? And her being, I'm going to be, yeah, I don't think I am. I don't think that's my, I don't think my uncle is actually who we think he is. Right. So I don't know. For her to, her to still push that, yeah, I believe he did it the The fact that the police were so confident to put cameras in the house and show him cutting I know, up a weird that, that is shocking. That shoe box that matches those shoes because I think they also could they even get the shoes back? They only found the shoe box. I think they only found yeah. Of course, he got
0: rid of the shoes the night. Of. But um, yeah, because they also but he had already find, been photographed wearing those exact shoes. Yeah, like they had already been
1: photographed wearing them, so that they didn't find the shoes at the house. They didn't find any weapon because I think the inmate said he like drove out and tossed it somewhere or got rid of it after the okay. night like the snitch said he he drove yeah. out and tossed the thing before he ever coming back to the Of course the,
0: he did that's something generic you would make up.
1: But uh, it's like yeah it's like okay then where is the weapon that's another that's a question yeah. but he's the only one that has everything to gain and has all the right motives and can get into the house with a key undetected and mm. it's even the way when you see when you see him interviewed when you see the way his wife kind of talks about it after the fact she just she has a weird look about her that just seems like almost like she's being controlled or yeah. forced to say something or like she doesn't really believe what she's saying. Like she's not even looking at the cameras when she's saying you mean these like things. Denial. Yeah, like they're yeah. they're asking her. It's like, well, what do you think about your husband's conviction? Like, what's your plan? Like, she won't even look at the camera. It's she's like, like, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna fight it. He's. Uh, and then she's like, what are you gonna tell him? She's like, I I will tell him that that I love him.
0: And it's, it's, it's like, she's beside him in the video when he's cutting up the box. It's like, what a bizarre thing. Like, yeah, why like, why are both of you sitting together as you as you cut up this box? In silence. Just why in are silence. you both
1: just sitting here over a sink, just cutting up a shoe box into tiny pieces? It flushes down the toilet. I know. He's like, but yeah. you see him in the kitchen. He's just yeah. cutting it up over like a big, like, you know, salad strainer or whatever. And then like rinses it all off. So it gets nice and soggy and then takes it to the toilet. So it's like, why are you both just doing this in silence and very awkward? Just... Body language the whole time. It's a it's a very uncomfortable video. So it's, it's like it's like why not burn it and then flush the ashes. Either way, it's yeah, it's a it's a very weird thing. To be like, so I'm gonna weird. cut this a shoebox. It's not easy yeah. to cut up. That's what all the children use for dioramas and shit because they're they sturdy. Have a lighter, man. Yeah. yeah, they're sturdy. You're supposed to like that's right. what they're supposed to be. You're supposed to hold some Jordans in there, some right. nice Asics or whatever. That thing yeah. is supposed to be hard to cut. Yeah. I, I don't know. know why that was your first thing to go to. That's what I'm saying. You got a matchbook laying around? You're gonna get all You're gonna, get all, like su- you're gonna all sweaty in that? You're gonna get right? like, you know, get a workout in there?
0: Sheesh. I don't know. Weird, man. Weird. It's it is a weird case. Um, but yeah, I, I personally I, I do too. I think they got the right guy. I I think Robert is guilty. Um, but that's just a matter of opinion, obviously. Now, do I think that
1: he can be proven guilty without reasonable doubt? I don't know about that.
0: Without it's, reasonable
1: doubt. Without reasonable doubt, no, but at the same time, he's also, you watch him, he he doesn't seem to have, like, so much declaration of innocence. He is not, like, screaming from the mountaintops, like, I like, didn't do this, mean I didn't anything. do it. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know, I know it doesn't mean anything, but just the the look on his face, he has a very empty expression a lot of the times, and very just, I don't know, very collected behind his eyes. It like doesn't yeah. look sinister, but it just looks very calculating to me, mm. I don't know, but...
0: Yeah, I guess that is that is even more damning, huh? Hmm. It, it is. Well, I'll tell you what else is damning: walking around with smelly pits, dude. You um, do not want to walk around with smelly pits. I believe it. And Look at this.
1: Look at this. Yeah, Look. At,
0: <laughs> but it's a good thing you got some on my guy. Though I know, <laughs> Gaia, though. I know. smells great,
1: but you That's can't. Right. stop You can't stop this in you the can't south. Can't stop man. it. You, is moist you shouldn't out stop here. it. It is damp out here <laughs> in the south. You walk outside, <laughs> you're just wet. You're just wet. Doesn't Don't, matter. But it's you know fine what? though. Don't clog your pores. It smells amazing.
0: That's right, and that is, like I said, that's all thanks to Oh My Gaia, which is an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. And their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while still maintaining effectiveness. And at Oh My Gaia, they got a scent that's for you, guaranteed. From vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, there's pear, sweet pea, sailor, barbershop, and we have our very own scent called True Crime
1: Pine. I feel like one of these days you need you need to write a jingle for him. I think I did before actually. Like vanilla, cherry, almond, sandalwood, Yeah, and I've definitely lavender, written musk. an "Oh My
0: Guy" a jingle before. I, I, maybe Wendy wasn't a fan, and so <laughs> I didn't do it again. I'm really not sure, but there's an episode. If you guys remember it, if anybody remembers it, please let me know. But I'm pretty sure. I yeah. definitely did an "Oh My Guy" a jingle. I definitely did. Um, but yes, because you guys are True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the code word creeper for 15% off your order at shop underscore oh my gaia on Instagram or omigaya.com. Oh That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com. And guys, use code word creeper for 15% off. Yeah, creepers. That's right. You can also use code word creeper for tonic CBD.
1: That's right, Michael. And I will tell you all about that right now, my Please creepers. Do. Because at Tonic CBD, it is true that not all CBD products are created equal. From how the hemp is grown and processed to how it's formulated and how it's delivered into your sweet bodies. That's why Tonic's products really stand out with original formulas using CBD, adaptogens, herbs, and superfoods. And has been working to deliver the most effective and intentional and sustainable products possible. Tonic cultivates their own hemp on Certified Organic Family Farm in upstate New York. That hemp travels only 30 minutes to their distribution facility where it is then turned into a finished product and sent directly to you, ensuring only the highest quality vibes at the stage of every stage of the process. With values rooted in quality, integrity, and sustainability, Tonic is committed to creating plant-based wellness products that are good for you, the people, and good for our planet. That's right. So guys, if you're interested, please visit tonicvibes.com to learn more and use code word creeper for 20% off your first order. Again, that is tonicvibes.com to learn more and use code word creeper to get 20% off your first order and start vibing with us.
0: That's right, guys. And best way to vibe with us, honestly, is Patreon.
1: Patreon.com
0: slash guys, and you can get in on all of the vibing that we be doing. That's
1: where all the vibes are.
0: That is where all the <laughs> vibes are. The Patreon vibes. Patreon.com slash guys. There's a link right below the description of this episode. And right now, you lucky dogs, we are running a one free week free trial. One, one, You know what I mean. One week free trial. Free Seven days. Seven days. And you can listen to everything on the $2 tier for free, which is 70 plus uh, Patreon exclusive episodes, including the one we did last week on the Coors family. Crazy family. Um, and as well as 50 Vault episodes uh, from TCG. We'll be adding new episodes to the Vault here coming pretty soon, Andy. Pretty soon. We're going to have to put some more in the old vault. I don't
1: even think you can get through them all in in one week, so... Uh,
0: I don't think so. It's a challenge. Good yeah. luck. Good luck. Um, But at the $5 tier, if you guys like what you're hearing, you can jump up and you get a, like 100 episodes of Just the Banter, which me and Andy have now moved to a monthly show with a live Q&A, though. Mm-hmm. First Thursday of every month. Actually, this, thir- this in May, this coming May, we will be... May 5th, correct? Yeah, on the Friday. That'll be Friday because May the 4th is a holiday for Andy because he's a Star Wars nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> May the 4th will not so, <laughs> be with you, Michael. No, it won't. But May the 5th, we will be with you on our live QA only on Patreon. Okay? Uh, but, yeah, guys, thanks so much for supporting us. If you have a suggestion, please email us at truecrimeguys at gmail.com or reach out on social media at truecrimeguys. If you are watching this video on YouTube and you made it this far, hey, hit subscribe, right? If you haven't already, appreciate it very much. New episodes every single Wednesday here on TCG, um, except for the one Wednesday a month where we're only on Patreon. But Andy and I uh, will be here with Strange Shorts. You'll still right? get us. You'll still
1: get us. That's oh, right. I'm not leaving you. All right, Andy, I think that's pretty much it. You got any announcements? Uh, no, can I Can I, Can I? I go outside? You cannot, oh. almost. Uh, but I want to remind
0: everybody about these stickers. One last time, truecrimeguys.com. Five bucks, you can get your custom TV head running away from an exploding creep van sticker. It's kind of a lengthy name, but we think it's on point.
1: <laughs> got a semicolon in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple. All
0: right, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, keep creeping until then. As I do that. All right, guys,
1: see you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other shows on our TCG network as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel starting every Monday with new episodes of Strange and Unexplained, followed every other Tuesday by our audio drama podcast, Sandu Stories then of course, new episodes of True Crime Guys every Wednesday, and if that's not enough head on over to our Patreon, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of exclusive content including older episodes, Strange Shorts, the latest edition of Sandu Stories, and of course higher thoughts but until next time guys keep creeping you hush your mouth boy let's end this michael (laughs) let's end this okay let's end this (laughs) Woo! got them pit look at that oh look at them pit stains
0: is it on the camera oh it's on the camera you gotta be careful (laughs) if you're raising the roof all right that's just for tiktok we'll edit it out there you go perfect that's for the tiktok fans exactly nice this is what the South uh, looks like in the summertime.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not
0: even summer yet, Andy.
1: <laughs> it is to me. Oh, God. It is to me. <laughs> all right. All
0: right. Here we go. You ready? Your chair is being actually extra squeaky today. You good? Stops. Oh, yeah. yeah take so your I'm, shoes off. There you go. Get so comfy. Saying, my
1: shoes were making a lot of noise down there, so I'm just going to get going to be off. some
0: great outtakes. All right. Are you ready?
1: Yes.